All right, what's up, everybody? Purple Friday Show, episode 209. I'm here by myself for right now, just waiting on the guys to, you know, get, get themselves situated and um, get here so they can uh, we can talk some Raven stuff. But um, while we're waiting for them, you know, kind of get started with um, the coaching <laughs> Uh, carousel or carousel, whatever you want to call it, is happening right now uh, in NFL and in college, right? So, of course, we've heard like Ron Rivera is out with the commanders. We've heard, I think, today Mike Vrabel was let go from um, Mike Vrabel was let go from the Titans. Uh, Wink Martindale has stepped away from the Giants. That one's a little more murky as, as a defensive coordinator because they fired his two uh, assistant coaches that he brought over with him. And it, it's a weird situation because if they don't, if they, if the, if he resigns and he has to give up, uh, I think he has like $3 million left on his contract, but if they fire him, they have to pay him. So it's a weird situation going on there. Um, uh, the bears have decided to keep Matt Eberfuss, uh, which I thought was a very interesting uh choice considering that they if they're moving on from justin fields that and moving on and picking caleb williams with their first pick that that maybe they go more of an offensive mind especially considering that hasn't the offense has not worked in in chicago but here we are and um yeah some bigger news obviously today uh, we heard that um pete carroll is resigning as head coach of the seahawks uh, he said he will looks like he will stay on in some capacity with the with the Seahawks, kind of like what um, I can't remember his name for um, the Buccaneers. Uh, he was the, the head coach for Tom Brady there when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians stayed on in like another capacity with uh, Tampa Bay after he stepped down as head coach. And Pete Carroll, in a surprise move, has stepped down as the Seahawks head coach. And that kind of just leaves, I think it's uh, – for long term, for coaches that had the tenure with one team, uh, he was always mentioning that because he has been there, at least for the big part of the Russell Wilson days and the rebranding and uh, resurgence of the Seattle Seahawks and the you know the Legion of Boom, Marshawn Lynch, all that stuff that happened over there, and uh, he's stepping away, stepping away from the coach coaching gig. So. It kind of leaves Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh now as kind of the uh, as long-term head coaches for for one team. So the interesting situation there. We also heard, you know, Falcons, Falcons are stepping away from Arthur Smith, which is, I think, two years, two years too late, to be honest with you. Um, they should have moved on from that guy a long time ago. And um, yeah, I, also the big news out of college today, Nick Saban is retiring as head coach of Alabama. Now, I will say, I think a lot of that has to do more with the fact that Nick Saban probably doesn't want to deal with the college football landscape as it's going to be coming next year. We got, you know, Texas and them coming in to the SEC and a few other schools as well. And uh, with NIL and transfer portal and all that stuff going on, I think it's changed the game a lot for Nick Saban. And he doesn't have as much control as he used to, where, you know, they could kind of dictate uh, how they were going to recruit players and they could always get like the top wide receivers and top defenders coming to their school. But now with NIL and, you know, you don't have to be at, you know, these Alabamas or whatever to get, you know, the money that you're getting. You know, you can go to other schools and get the same kind of deals, especially if there are local businesses willing to invest in you as a product, you know, for the school and for the area. And 
Uh, I think just Nick Saban just didn't want to do it anymore. I thought he, I don't think he wanted to deal with that landscape anymore. I think his lane changed so much that I think he felt like it was it wasn't uh, beneficial for him anymore to be in that that space. Now he'll have a, probably have a job somewhere on ESPN or Fox Sports or whatever. Even if he wants to take a year off or whatever, or go somewhere else, maybe a couple of years from now. I think he do loves coaching football. Um, Again, I don't think the the way the coach and the, the way the college football is set up right now that it's going to change in his favor anytime soon. So he could be gone for good. He could be gone for good. Um, there are some rumors going around also about Mike Tomlin. Apparently, in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, they said that there's some um, rumblings going around up there uh, at the Pittsburgh Steelers headquarters that mike tom may may mike Tomlin may be stepping away from pits from the steelers that he may want to take a year off and can kind of decide if he wants to do tv or if he wants to go back and maybe coach somewhere else um i think that the the co- the quarterback situation currently there right now considering that kenny pickett has not turned out to be the quarterback they hoped he would be and uh the all just the stuff going around like the 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 stuff internally with george pickens and um, Jalen Moore, like the, the players not playing up to their, uh, not playing 100% and everybody's quitting and a lot of stuff going on. And it's been like that, honestly, since big, the last two years, Big Ben there and him, Big Ben also coming out with his statement saying that I guess the Pittsburgh tradition or Pittsburgh way is done now, it's dead. And I think that maybe Mike Tomlin may maybe just be tired. I don't think he wants to fix it. I don't think he maybe if he wants to move on somewhere else, he can. Again, there's a lot of openings right now and there could be more coming. You know, said the Titans are open right now. The Raiders are open. Um, yeah, yeah. He could go college route. You want to go college route? I mean, there's and I think he's a good players love him. He's a players coach, and he would be, I think, very personable walking into people, you know, somebody's house, you know, trying to convince their son to go, you know, play college football with them. Uh, I think that he would be good at that. I don't know if he wants to do that. You know, he's still relatively young. So I mean, as a head coach, so if he wants to do that, he can. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's only going to get even more. It's just crazy. Like Pat Pete Carroll, along the longest running head coaches in the NFL, is stepping down, and then Nick Saban, who has been the uh, patriarch, so to speak, of college football in the modern era, is stepping away. So it's the end of an era. And look, Jim Harbaugh, as we have all heard, that now that he's won the national title with Michigan, could be on his way out. You know, I think they they there's been there's at least some rumblings going around that there's mutual interest between. Um, him and the Raiders, you know, uh, so he could already have that job lined up, ready to go. Again, I think he's going to take his time, let kind of things plan out. I think he might wait till the playoffs are over and kind of see where everything is shaking up. Also, you know, some of the guys on our end, on the Ravens end, Mike McDonald is getting uh, getting some uh, some love <laughs> coaching wise. I think everybody that has an opening right now is has asked for an interview with with uh, Mike McDonald, and so is Anthony Weaver. Anthony Weaver here, one of the assistant coaches on the defensive side. Uh, I think he coaches the, either the linebackers or the defensive ends. I'm not sure which one. Um, and uh, he's he's gotten some interviews as well. He's getting some interviews as well. And so has uh, my, uh, Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin's got some interviews for head coaching gigs. So th- they said that uh, they can't take any interviews until, until after the divisional playoffs. So they have some time. They can they can't interview in person I think until after the divisional playoffs have been run through have been, have, have the week's done um, so they can still do them virtually so look it's got some the Ravens you know being as good as they are and we've seen this before for years how how many times right they'll lose guys through 
you know, they'll lose guys through uh, being poached from other teams and everything else like that. So I wouldn't like, I wouldn't want to lose Munkin or Mike McDonald at this point. I would like to find a way for them to keep both of them. Um, I will say for my, my opinion, I would, if I had to lose one, I would rather lose Todd Munkin than lose uh, Mike McDonald. Just because on deep, I go as good as the offense has looked over the last, what, four or five weeks, the defense, we, the, the Ravens football and the fans, we gravitate towards the defense. This is kind of city it is. We like the, the aggressiveness and the, the grittiness of the defense and just how well they've played. And it kind of t- has taken us, you know, backwards a little bit in time to, you know, better days when, um, better days when the, when the Ravens defense just dominated football with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Ed Hartwell and Peter Bowler and, Michael McCrary and uh, Chris McCallister and all those guys. What's up, Travis? What up? Oh, man. Yeah, we're just, I'm just talking about the coaching, you know, carousel that's happening. I was talking about how uh, the Ravens, like I said, Mike McDonald's getting interviews. Any any available coaching job that is available, he's getting a, he's getting an interview right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, keep rolling, rolling through. Anthony Weaver's getting them. Todd Munkin's getting them now. Um, and I think we were on a chat. We just we heard on maybe not even 20 minutes before this even started that Nick Saban is retiring. And then before that, Pete Carroll is also stepping down as head coach. So, I mean, it's <laughs> the landscaping in, in football and pro and college right now is getting crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you don't ex- you expect there to be change at the end of the year. That's why we call it Black Monday. But I mean, to see these changes and be blindsided by some of these changes is just insane right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the biggest things we saw um, that were shocking were, you know, Mike Vrabel um, in Tennessee, uh, Pete Carroll stepping down, and now Nick Saban. I mean, it's there's going to be a whirlwind of jobs, and we're going to see a lot of coordinators get positions. I mean, even Anthony Weaver is being considered for some head coaching jobs, and he's a mm-hmm. position coach. So... I mean, right now, there's a huge state of flux in football, both college and NFL. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see um, where guys move. I mean, there's some hot jobs. I mean, yeah. if, we're, if we're looking at it, if I'm a, if I'm a coach right now, um, you know, if the rumor is true that Mike Tomlin may move on from the Steelers, I mean, that's a hot job. That's a, yeah. that's a stable organization that's just a quarterback away from being yeah. a contender. Um, and then you look at, you know, big markets like Atlanta um, and, you know, teams that have that have good talent and organizations um, in Seattle. I mean, it's 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 a good time to be uh, a head coach in waiting, I guess. Right. And if so you look for, like I said, the right <clears throat> job, like uh, I said, the, the, they've already said that Jim Harbaugh and the Raiders already have mutual interest in in. Uh, each other i think he would be perfect for that job like when they when the raiders hired mcdaniels i was like he's not a raiders coach that is mm-hmm. not a raiders coach like when you think of the raiders right you're talking about back to al davis and you know kenny stabler and those guys like they just the raiders have a certain more gritty like tough mindset and i'm like josh mcdaniels is not that guy jim harbaugh feels it feels like that would be a great job for him there but then it's on uh, the flip side like you said like you know the steelers are only being a quarterback away i feel like the falcons but the, all the talent they have on that offense, you think about it, they got B. John Robinson, they got Kyle Pitts, Drake mm-hmm. London, uh, how was it? Al, 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 
I can't remember the other running back. Alligator, yeah. Alligator, but they got before, before they got Peter Robinson. Like they have so much talent in Atlanta. They're they, that offense is a quarterback away, to be honest with you. I'm like that offense is right there. The fact that Arthur Smith, like we saw, I think that last those at the the last game against the Saints, and Bijan goes like to the house of 70 yards. They're like, what the hell is this the rest of the season? Right. Like why? Everybody kept saying for weeks, why is your if you're going to draft a running back in the first round, he needs to be getting 30 snaps a game, 30 carries at least. If you're going to draft a running back in the first round, they barely even use them. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, you're right too. And the Mike Tomlin thing kind of came out of nowhere. Like he, there's they, there have been rumors for the last year or two that he was considering either retiring or take, taking a year off. I think a lot of the stuff in the locker room with the players, with pickings, the stuff with Antonio Brown, um, especially like that last year, Ben Roethlisberger. Like there was a lot of stuff going on inside that locker room, and then the quarterback situation they got going on right now. Like you draft Kenny Pickett two years ago, and now he's healthy, but yet you're still starting Mason Rudolph in a wild card game against the Bills. Like that doesn't. If, if you're Mike Tomlin, like, do I really want to go through this again? Like. And with the pick that they're going to have, they're not not like the way Penix played at, at, uh, against Michigan in the national title game. I'm not saying he's not good, but I think his stock right. definitely dropped dropped, dropped him yeah. out of the first round. Um, after well, I guess it was it May and Caleb Williams, and maybe I guess uh, it was it Jaden Daniels. There's really the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers not going to be anywhere near a pick like that, so they're going to be stuck with Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubisky, and Kenny Pickett. And I don't know if Mike Tom wants to deal with that anymore. I, I just don't. I think that he's been okay. It's been okay every year, you know, winning nine, eight, nine, ten games and barely making the playoffs and stuff. But it feels like they're just kind of stuck. They're just stuck at this that level. They're not getting better. You know, we thought after last year when they got Pickens, like, oh yeah, Pickens gonna take off next year, right? He's gonna take off. It's been the same, same thing it was last year. Even with the new coordinator they got in there now. Like he has two back-to-back games with a hundred yards, right? And then he gets no targets in the last game of the season against the Ravens. None. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's there's gotta there's gonna be some shakeups. I mean, there's gonna be some wide changes. I mean, the NFL landscape, I feel like over the past couple of years has had major shifts every year. I mean, mm-hmm. big names moving, coaches moving, just huge changes. And I think as we go into this offseason. We're going to see another huge shift. And I think the thing to pay attention to is what kind of coaches are getting hired. Young coaches, experienced coaches, um, defensive guys, offensive guys. Um, what, where are we headed to next? What's the next shift in the NFL? So I think that's something to, to really pay attention to as we're seeing these uh, coaching changes happen, as we're seeing these organizational changes. Um, is Where is the next big shift coming? Yeah, too. I mean, and I think that if you're, you know, it's a copycat league and you would have to assume that I would hope that the NFL owners are looking at the Houston Texans and the success they got from with D'Amico Ryans. Right. They got their coach. They got their quarterback. And I mean, they were at one point in the season when CJ was out that they were like, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. And then they found a way they made the playoffs. And CJ, look, CJ Stroud has been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal. They clearly made the right decision instead of drafting Price Young. Um, but I would hope that the NFL owners are looking like, you know what? You know, some of these, you know, former black players know what they're doing. 
Like, you know, they know a little bit, you know, about football, you know? <laughs> and look, it's, when you got a locker room that's 85, 90% black, odds are they're going to kind of listen to a guy that, especially a guy, not only the guy that looks like that, but a guy that has played, played and played in the NFL. And there's several guys, like we look at Brian Flores and, you know, like I said, Anthony Weaver, the Ravens that have played and uh, there's some other coaches out there as well. We look at, uh, I mean, Al Harris now in, in, in Dallas with the Cowboys, you know, yep. what he's, what he's done with that secondary. So, I mean, it's, um, I would hope that some of these owners are like, you know, we got to stop recycling some of these older coaches that aren't, that aren't fitting foot in the bill right now. You look at what's going on in Denver right now with Sean Payton and forcing out Russell yeah, Wilson. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that, that seems like that's, that's going to get worse, get more, it get a lot worse than it gets better. And they're kind of stuck with Sean Payton right now. But again, I think that, like you said, with Mike Tomlin, if he, even if he decides to step away for a year, just kind of see what the landscape is, he's going to, the moment he decides that he's like, I'm coming back to the NFL, somebody will like, we'll get rid of our coach right now to bring you in. Like he, he will get a job somewhere. I don't think he'll be fighting for a job. Um, but you're right. I think that's, that's, what's the last, is it going to be the younger coach? It's going to be like, kind of like college football a little bit. Is it going to be like the younger coach that has a little more fresh ideas a more of a dynamic offense or defense or is it like the grizzled veteran you know that's more of a disciplinarian and you know has like that you know the, creates the, the they're there they're there because of their their reputation more than anything else it's not necessarily that they're great at scheme or anything but their reputation i've won this and i won that i won at every level blah 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 so that'll be yeah interesting to see what teams make the right moves and which ones kind of just get stuck in a rut yeah and what coaching tree remember we saw a huge shift uh what was it about three to four years well no it'll probably be about five to six years back everybody pulled from the mike shanahan tree with yeah, kyle yeah. shanahan um what was it um uh sean McVay, matt lafleur all of them um yeah. everybody got pulled and you see them all around the league so when when you're seeing if you see the trend right now who are the ones getting getting requested for interviews they're picking from the harbaugh tree mm-hmm. you got munkin yeah mcdonald weaver i mean to be honest we probably need to look at denard wilson too yeah you know yeah. he's that hot db coach and even your boy dr sack um yeah. there's a and, and i'm not saying for head coach roles but just bigger like coordinators like these these defensive coordinators like high profile coaching jobs right yeah so, so yeah that's I mean, it's about to be interesting. <laughs> that's that's why it's more more than it's now's the time, right? Because now's the time because there could be a situation next year where all these guys are gone, and you're starting to try to start over from scratch. So that now's the time for the Ravens to bring it home. So um, let's touch on you know the Ravens prep for the bye week. Obviously, the Ravens lost seventeen to ten in a monsoon game against the Steelers. Um, I'll, I'll say that the the one thing that I liked about it the the was was a Trenton Simpson. That man was everywhere, yeah, all over the field. Like it made it made it very difficult for the Ravens to be like, I don't know if we should do we need to like I'll say this if they get into a contract negotiation issue with with Queen and it gets a little too dicey and stuff like nah, we're not we're just gonna move on like like we'll we'll take the comp pick. You know, we'll take the comp pick and then we'll just move Tritton into into the spot because uh, he flashed for sure. Um, he was reading plays like he was all he was all over the field. He looked like he had the same kind of speed that Queen had, which is why I think why they drafted him. 
Yeah. They, I think, anticipated like when they when they signed Roquan to that long term extension, that they kind of made the decision already that they weren't going to keep Queen. Now he has made a he made a Pro Bowl this year. He's definitely playing at a at a higher level. The question is for Queen, wherever he goes, you know, even if he doesn't stay in Baltimore, we've seen what it looks like when he's like the guy, right? We've seen what it looks like when, you know, he's the one with the green dot. And it's like, eh, it's not, I don't know if that's his position. I know he played that in college and stuff, but I don't know if that's his position. And the other thing too is not many teams are willing to pay that kind of money for an interior linebacker. Just not, you know? Um, especially if he's going to be expected to be play Roquan's position, so that could work it down. That could work in the Ravens' favor and keeping him here. I don't know. He may he may like it here. I don't know. I don't think the Ravens are going to going to undercut him by any chance. I think they're going to do like, like they did with Lamar. They're going to pay him the market value, whatever the market value is for an interior line linebacker, and the Ravens are going to kind of negotiate terms based on that. I think. Um, I think the cost has been really good with negotiating these kind con- like I said, he got Marcus Williams here in the trade, he got Roquan here in the trade, signed him long term, signed Lamar long term. So I think I think EDC is like, all right, I think I might got got this down a little bit. So yeah. Um now look, that could all change with the Rays win a Super Bowl. Rays win a Super Bowl, guys are like, all right, I'm out of here. I'm gonna go get paid somewhere else. <laughs> thanks for the thanks for everything. <laughs> um and then you know, I, I think the other thing I liked about it, but they just stayed healthy. You know, I think when TJ Watt went down, I was like, okay. Time to pull everybody. Let's just get him out. I don't care about this game. Let's just be done with this. We're done. Like I don't care anymore. I'm kind of surprised that I think Stevens played the whole game and Marcus Williams played the whole game, especially with Marcus Williams literally being injury prone all year. I'm like, I'm surprised. I'm glad he came out okay, but they took a real gamble, especially with Stevens. If Stevens had gotten hurt, I'm like, man's our best cover corner. Cover like we can't can't do, but they came out healthy. So. That's what I took from that, and that's all there is for that. I mean, for that game. So moving on. Um, you know, that game was rough to watch. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad we did come out healthy. Um, I'm glad no serious injuries. Um, you know, the things that stood out for me, and it, it has nothing to do with the playoffs mm-hmm. um, coming up. Uh, one. Huntley isn't a guy. He isn't a guy. I think it's time to move on from Huntley. Two, it's time for Melvin Gordon to hang it up and go coach high school football and be a family man. Um, You can't play in the NFL fumbling the ball as much as he does. I mean, there's nobody that comes close to him in terms of fumbles. Nobody. Not even a QB. Um, It's just awful. Um, You know, Simpson, like you said, the guy was all over the field. He's he's he went from a guy beginning of the year in preseason where he just seemed like the game was just too much for him. It was too big mm-hmm. for him. But you know, in a game which from the Steelers side was a playoff atmosphere, they were playing for that last spot in the playoffs. Um, he showed up, showed out, and played hard. And you know, a second, a mainly second string game. I mean, we held that team. We held that team tight. I mean, yeah. that was a great defensive effort. So I'm, I'm really encouraged by that. I'm encouraged by our depth. Um, you know, I'm happy for the guys that that were able to hit their incentives. Um, but I'm just very. I came away impressed with Simpson, and just thoroughly not impressed 
with Melvin Gordon and Tyler Huntley, you know, and I think for our future, you know, with so much riding on our quarterback, we really got to invest this offseason in a backup quarterback. Um, outside of that, man, I'm just ready to get to the playoffs, man. We got another week to, to watch these other scrub teams. Um, but, you know, I'm just ready to get to the divisional round. You know, I hope, you know, the guys got some time off this week to really just recuperate, let their bodies rest. Because, you know, the reason we wanted this bye week was for, you know, for our guys to rest because they played a hard season. We're a physical team, so you're going to get nicked up. We've had guys on, we have long injury reports for a while now. Guys missing practice, so it's a perfect time to rest. And then prep. It's a good time to scout these teams. Thank you. It's a good time to scout these teams and, you know, understand what we're going up against especially if we end up playing a team like cleveland who we played a couple times but really you know put a proper game plan together um to be able to knock them out so you know i hope this week is just rest recuperating scouting um but as far as the steelers game it's not much to say it's just you know we're, we have great depth defensively we don't have a number two quarterback and melvin Gordon needs to retire yeah, it was. Uh, I think even the Malik Cunningham prospect is like, yeah, that's a little, that's a little hopeful, right? I think they need kind of like what Kansas City has, right? With well, they had with Chad Henney, like Chad Henney. While you know he wasn't, he had his time to be a, a starting quarterback, but uh, he won basically. He basically helped win two playoff games uh, in those championship years when Pat Mahomes went down with like either an ankle injury or something, and was able to get like a, the key drive, like to get the first down, maybe close the game out. Um, or stuff like that. So I, I think that it's still, you're right. I think that while it's okay to get guys that were are younger and maybe have a similar skill set to Lamar, I think it's even more important. Like we need need a guy that's able to, in those situations, if something happens, can, you know, keep the ship running for at least a few plays or whatever that may yeah. be, instead of, you know, the team just falling off that much. Yeah. So I don't think you're right. I don't think Huntley did himself any favors um, in that game. You know, it can't really blame it can't really blame the weather because uh, Matt Mason Rudolph was throwing a ball in the same rain. So, I mean, it was uh, um, yeah, that one bad play where I think it was a Williams and uh, Rocky Sin was it Williams and yeah. somebody missed. missed they were saying the they it was like the 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 I think Fireman was coming was going over the middle underneath. And I think Marcus came up instead of staying back. And they were mm-hmm. saying like in that kind of coverage. You got to, I think it was Lewis Riddick. He was like, in that kind of coverage, you got to stay back. Like, just keep the, you don't, that was that tight end, just let them go. You don't, don't worry about them. You can't let the receiver beat you. And he came up and then, of course, you know, picking, was it? No, Deontay Johnson just ran it for a touchdown. Um, I will say, though, it's been, it's been funny listening to a lot of the Steeler fans talk about, we were five and one in the division this year. And we were, we beat y'all. We were eight of the last nine times. And blah blah blah. We should be division champs. And just, you know what? We had a better record. We were thirteen and four. Where were y'all? Come on now. Y'all needed the Jaguars to lose to make the playoffs. You needed a team to lose to make the playoffs. Like even if the even the fact that they won the game, they still needed another team to win to to make the playoffs. Yeah. And some of them are on there talking about. I mean, they're hype over Mason Rudolph all of a sudden now. Like Mason, man, he's making all the throws. He's doing all this. <laughs> like. Come on now, come on now. Racist Mason? This this is racist Mason, right? Yeah, this is that Mason. Yeah. Yeah. He's not it's a funny. guy. It's He's funny. Not a guy. It's it's it's, it's funny. I'd like a lot of Steelers fans are feeling themselves now because they're in the playoffs. I'm like, okay, 
the Buccaneers are in the playoffs too. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's in the playoffs. I mean, there's a I think there's a wide gap between, you know, some of the lower teams and then the top teams. Yeah, especially because, this year, right? It's not yeah. like parity, the 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 gap the gap in quality teams on AFC and the NFC side is it's wide. vastly different. Yeah. Vastly it's, different. Yeah, like I don't think these playoff games on the AFC side are gonna be as competitive as we think. Mm-hmm. Um maybe not until the AFC championship. So um, yeah, I just think there's just some bad teams, some bad quarterbacks. And, and, and I think it's evident. I mean, you see Joe, Joe Flacco fresh off the streets. I mean, my man, <laughs> he was a stay-at-home dad. Then a week later, he's starting his five-game winning streak. So, I mean, it says a lot about the quality of play this year. You know, if a guy just comes out, comes off of uh, uh, nursing his kids to to making the playoffs, it's, it just says a lot. So yeah. I don't think it's going to be it's going to be as competitive as some people think. I think this may be a very uninteresting AFC playoffs. Yeah, really? really okay. okay. I mean, look, like, it's like the stories are writing themselves, writing for the playoffs. Right? The script writers yeah. did a phenomenal job. Yeah, give them credit yeah. for that. The stories are there. Tariq Hill going back to Kansas City, you know, and then you got on the NFC side, you got Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit for the first time in a playoff game. Jared Goff is playing his old team when he went when he went to a Super Bowl with. That's on that side. The Cowboys are playing the Packers, and if people don't know, the Packers, the last two times the Packers have played the Cowboys in the playoffs, they have beaten them. So it's I know understand there's no Aaron Rodgers on this team and everything else like that. But this Packers team, they're young. And I think the one thing that's working in their favor is that they're un- the Cowboys are unfamiliar with them. They, they don't know. They haven't played them yet before. And so and they're, they're a lot, they don't have any film a lot of these young guys like Watson and all the rest of these. They, it's that that story, the stories are interesting there. Um, but also like getting into this week for the Ravens, they did mention that they said they were they were gonna have their regular uh schedule. So they were off okay. Monday. And then I think they're they were in the building doing film and stuff Tuesday. I don't think they're practicing necessarily, but there's they're they're in the they're trying to keep to the same kind of schedule. Like they're in they're still in Owings Mills. They're still like trying to, you know, keep things Locked as in. normal, as routine as possible while guys are, you know, rehabbing their uh, injuries and stuff. But I will say uh what have what has been nice this week is um Lamar Jackson has been on some shows, you know, especially Tom Brady's and um, I got some clips here. Uh, we'll show Tom Brady um, on his show, the Let's Go uh, podcast. I think it's on Sirius XM. So let's play this clip real quick. Uh, just get our bodies in line. Uh, just focus on, you know, whoever come out the game with a victory, whoever our opponent is, just study, the, study them like no tomorrow. You know, just try to study them at the back of my hand like I know the back of my hand because uh, this year is different. You know, on the playoff record or whatever, you know, people are always talking about that's going to be different, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm ready. I'm, I'm really excited, to be honest with you. I'm really excited, you yeah. know, um, to be in the postseason again and healthy. Um, I'm definitely excited. Yeah, so um, that was that part. And then there was uh, before the end of the show, um, I did say it was nice seeing the, this video you're going to see, like Lamar kind of like, just like, Taken aback a little bit by like the praise he's getting from Tom Brady, like oh man, Tom Brady, like it felt like Lamar was like a little kid again, right? Yeah. <laughs> that you know Tom Brady considered one of the greatest, the greatest quarterback of all time is like keeping praise on him. 
So the show noticed you was that high school highlight where you put the brakes on the guy and he went flying by. <laughs> and uh, you know, not that I've ever had that experience in my entire life. I don't even know what that feels like. But now you're doing that at the highest level. You know, you're the reason why people watch the NFL because guys like you and just had an amazing career. So thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. It means a lot from you. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was nice to see, and I think it's. Um, brings me to at least another point of like you know of course we like i said last week the narratives are going to start now with lamar about oh he's one and three in the playoffs and he's not that good and can he do it in the playoffs and like they we've already seen it now i think on fs1 and speaking stuff they've been they've had at least two or three two or three great josh allen like vignettes like about how josh allen is the greatest quarterback and how josh allen can this is the time for him to win a super bowl they were like oh man he looks phenomenal and like the guys threw three picks in that game running running to one side of the field just throwing it up to the other side of the field like the the one touchdown was clearly a fluke like he hit the guys looked like something off of little giants like it was like hit the guy's helmet and he catches it and it's like okay what whatever and at the same at the, at the same time like he threw throws three interceptions and they're saying on the show they're like oh that's just what josh allen does you know that's he's just gonna turn the ball over it is what he does but i'm like let lamar fumble one time let lamar fumble yeah. one time for one pick oh he's terrible lamar's not the quarterback we thought he was blah 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 josh like, allen just, had 24 turnovers this year right is that yeah. what it was yeah yeah like it's, it's again the nair's already starting again. Like it's just like it. Here we're talking about potentially being the MVP of the league in Lamar Jackson, and they're not talking about him at all. They're not saying anything, which is fine. I think Lamar, like again, Lamar in the in those uh, videos clearly shows that you know that's in the back of his. He remembers 2019. He remembers 2020. Was it 2021? He remembers that. He remembers what happened. So he's like. I know he's like all the regular season stuff is fine. I've won MVP before. I've, I've, my regular season record is impeccable. I, I get that, but he knows like I'm gonna have to go out there and I gotta win a championship for people to shut up. Like I gotta go win. I gotta go win. Even on uh, uh, was it first take this morning? They said um, the top five players that you know were the, the that need to pro, that need to perform or get to the Super Bowl or at least win make the Super Bowl. And Lamar Jackson was number one. But it is not because, you know, the how the team is playing right now. It's more so, well, Lamar has to win now. And it, they made it seem like if he doesn't win now, then he's just never going to be good. Like, he just turned 27. I was looking up, like, just checking numbers. And I was like, when did these, when did these quarterbacks start winning championships? And I'm like, yeah. Peyton Manning wasn't in the, to his 30s until he won a championship. First time with the Colts. John Elway didn't win until he was, like, 36, 37 years old with the Denver Broncos. I'm like, if we're going to go down this line of like when guys win championships, I'm like, so if they don't win by 30, they're just trash, right? They don't win by 30, they're just trash. I'm like, we, I, we, I, got, I, I hate that this narrative now is the, the microwave thing, right? If you don't win in five years of you getting the lead, then you're just trash. Like, no, no, you got to stop. Yeah. You got to stop that. Even if Lamar gets to the Super Bowl this year and does not win, it does not mean that he's a bad quarterback. It is, right. it's, Players have said it is extremely hard to win playoff games each week, not just get to the Super Bowl, to win each week in the playoffs because you're playing the best teams, the, the best. They're giving you 110% every yeah. week you go down that line. Like every game that you're hoping for a play to ball to bounce this way and do the, the uh, you're you're hoping for a little bit of luck sometimes. You look at that 2012 round, the hey diddle diddle, Ray Rice, like that play. That was tough. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was like, an impossible play. Yeah, like so, like there's some things they have to bounce your way to even get to a Super Bowl. So I'm like, I, I'm, I know Lamar and the Ravens are really focused on that, but I want to play this clip real quick of uh, Cam show fourth and one about how he um, said uh, about Lamar being locked in. How locked in are you right now? I'm locked in. I'm, I'm, I'm locked in. The MVP chance. You hear that? Motherfucker <laughs> can't get more locked in. I mean, I'm locked in. I, I'm locked in. <laughs> this is after the game, real quick. So he shouted out the backup quarterback as well, too. That's the team, bro. Yeah. That's the team. That's the culture. Those are the unsung heroes behind the scenes. You need practice squad players. You need training staff. Like, bro, everybody plays an intricate role into the, the success of a team. Nobody can do it by himself. Yeah. He embodies that. Just real gritty, like, you know we about to come with yeah. your way. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm locked in. Like, guys are selling out. And he has that whole Baltimore city in his hand. Yeah. And that's the truth. That's the truth. Like, you know, we've talked about Lamar's leadership this year, and I think it's just gone to another level. Like, Lamar was kind of like an unspoken leader, right? But he's just taken it to another level to where this team is officially his. Not, we're not mm-hmm. talking about the contract. We're talking about what he's doing day in and day out with these guys. He is, this is Lamar's team. Lamar is the leader of this team. He's been, he's been rallying the guys. I saw, I saw, um, did you see the clip with him and Nelson Aguilar? You know, when Nelson didn't make a, a block and he held him accountable on the sideline. No, it was a block that. for Keaton Mitchell. Uh-huh. Lamar held him accountable on the sideline. And then when his teammates scored, he's one of the first people down there. You know what I mean? So this guy, in the way he's rallying this team, he's speaking to him, he's being vocal. The leadership is on another level. And when Lamar got locked in, the team locked in with him. And that speaks volume. This is why we moved on from Flacco. Okay, Flacco's in the playoffs, but this is why. Lamar put in the work in the offseason with his guys. He's there every day in tune with them. Where was Flacco whenever something went wrong or whenever something went good? On the bench by himself. Where is Lamar? He's with the guys. He's setting the tone for the culture. When everybody has tweeted about the Ravens culture this season, it's guys embracing each other. It's guys coming together. It's not the individual person. It's not about the stats. It's about guys coming together. These guys can probably go somewhere else and get more stats. Odell could probably have more receiving yards somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he's embraced not being the guy. He's been the number three guy at best, no matter whether Andrews was here or when Andrews got hurt. The pecking order was always tight end Zay, OBJ. That's what it was. That's what I mean. We can look at the targets and see. But he's embraced that role. There's been no type of divas. There's been no type of hostility. Everybody is bought in. And it goes back to Lamar. Not Harbaugh. Not Harbaugh. Lamar Jackson. And and I think when they talk about he has this city in his hands, we haven't seen the city like this with one player since Ray. Yeah. Since 2012, this city hasn't embraced one person like this it was Ray was the last person now this is Lamar City when people talk about Baltimore sports they talk about Lamar Jackson so I mean everything is set up for him 
he's locked in and i think this is the year he can truly do it yeah and you know um they were another part of that uh show he talked about how um on tom brady's show he talked about how uh john he's like when john harbaugh asked him like advice or he asked like you know something concerning the team and he wants Lamar's input. And Lamar says, you know, you know, I'll give you the input, but let me go ask the guys first. Like that's his first instinct is like, I'm not gonna make a decision without, not without them. I know I'm the quarterback and everything and that's the pecking order. And, but you know, I'm gonna ask the guys like, hey, you know, hey coach asked about this, what do you guys think? And you know, he'll kind of go with what the guys say pretty much. He's like, I'm gonna go with the guys. And, um, and that's that, like you said, I think that he, he even said too, he's like, it wasn't until once he got paid like once he got the contract and he had been here for a few years that he kind of felt more um emboldened and he felt more of a right to be like now i can be more vocal about the team because before lamar would still kind of be quiet and still you know kind of that quiet uh assurance kind of thing like he would make great plays on the field but he didn't really talk a whole bunch and stuff like stuff like that but he said like you said with the nelson aguilar thing him pulling him to the side and like you you know holding him accountable and even Marlon said, like when Marlon said that that hard that uh he that uh, Lamar had pulled him to the side, that Lamar had pulled him to the side and said, you know, dog, like I know you're coming off injury, but we expect we were expecting you to play a little bit better. And and Marlon has been playing better, I feel like, since that's happened. And yeah, yeah I think that you're right. I think it's the way this team is operating now with, with Lamar Jackson. Like you said, even Odell could come out and say this is probably the best team organization he's ever played with. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that Odell, he won't even like he may not even touch the ball like one half. But if Nelson, I think when Nelson scored that one touchdown over the uh the Bengals, you know, like tip pass or whatever, and Odell was the first one to go celebrate with him. I don't think Odell caught a pass in the entire game. <laughs> um and he went over mm-hmm. there and he's like the first one there to celebrate with him. And when they showed, I think that clip of uh Odell and Zay, Odell and Zay trying to do like that viral dance or whatever from uh Instagram or whatever. Um, them just just like goof around the sideline, like they're having fun, they're having yeah. fun, and um, but like what Cam said, you know, when you see that the, the eyes, he's like, you see the mannerism of Lamar saying, oh, I'm locked in, he's like, Oh, he's like, Yeah, he's I think I lost you, man. And he's like, You know, um, he's like, Yeah, he's like basically saying, like, Yeah, like I'm this, this, this dude is. He, if, if there's been a time that Lamar, like the Lamar is in, he's in, he's in now, and yeah, uh, yeah I, I also I just like the fact now too that you know we don't have to get the word from ESPN or Fox Sports anymore from these you know talking heads. Like we can hear from actual players, people that played at that position at that level, and you see Cam Newton heaping praise on Lamar. You see Tom Brady heaping praise on Lamar. So like regardless of what the AP media and uh, the media organizations say about any player on the Ravens or whatever, when you get the respect of your peers, the guys that played, even the guys that have played before you, that's all that matters to them. Um, yeah. So um, on to week 18 news. Um, we'll talk about this. Uh, the, the Texans make the playoffs, beating the Colts 23-19. Uh, uh, shout out to CJ Stroud, man. I, love, yeah. I really love what they're going on down there in, in uh, Houston. D'Amico Ryan's making his first playoff game as a head coach. Um, yeah, I mean, look, they got decimated with injuries for a while, and then, um, but they they found a way to win that game, uh, mainly due to Sean St- Shane Steichen being making one of the dumbest coaching decisions. I think it's fourth and one, 
and they sub out Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. for I forgot the dude's name. He said he had six catches all season. Um, uh, was it Tyler Goodson? That's Goodson. That sounds like, yeah. Yeah. They throw a pack, little quick, little drag route pass to him, and of course, you know, he he has a bitch in his body. He's six catches all season now. Six catches all season. Meanwhile, Jonathan Taylor, who's great at doing both, is sitting on the sideline. Yeah. It's like you pulled a Pete Carroll. I'm like, you pulled a Pete Carroll. You got to try to get too cute. Try to get too cute. And I, I like what he was doing. He was trying to drag the, the clock. He was trying to run the clock out so Houston didn't have enough time to move down the field. So I was like, well, if it works, it's great. It clearly didn't work. Now, Gardner Minshew, I didn't think threw that great of a pass. But at the same time, I feel like Jonathan Taylor makes that catch. If Jonathan Taylor's out there, he mm-hmm. makes that catch. Yeah. He makes that catch. Um, but yeah, shout out to, to the Texans and moving on. Um, that should be a, uh, I think, what's the, what's the team they play in the wild card? Um, um, man, we were just talking about them. Um, did they play Cleveland? Is it Cleveland? It's the Browns. Yeah, the Browns go into, yeah. yeah, the Browns go into Cleveland. I mean, the Browns go into Texas, to the Houston. They play the Texans. Um, but yeah, Nico Collins, man, look, he, he, Taking some real like those uh, NFL Network, they do those like I can't remember what the name of the award is they give for like those like stiff arms or like grown man those angry runs. He had a yeah. couple of those in that game. He was just running through guys. Um, so look, yeah, shout out to them. I'm I'm, I'm happy for D'Amico and happy for that team. So just as long as they don't come, you know, they got we they got to come play us. And I'm like, you know, it's all bets are off. But look, um, yeah. I mean, this is not the same Texans team we played week one. Yeah, it's different. It's not. Um, CJ Stroud is just, I mean, he showed us something in week one, mm-hmm. you know, but he's just evolved over the season. He's gotten more confident, more comfortable, and he's established this assisting. I mean, he's the guy. He's the dude. Um, Nico Collins has taken a huge jump this year. This isn't the same Nico Collins from the past two years. He's taking a huge jump. And to be honest, you know, so much was said about Tank Dell all year. And then him going down and, you know, people feeling like, you know, that was going to hurt them a lot. But Nico Collins is a guy. Mm-hmm. 1,200 receiving yards this year. I mean, he's definitely he's definitely a solid guy. So I was happy to see them win. I mean, Miko Ryans, I love him as a coach. Um, you know, he he has those guys playing hard for him every week um so i'm excited to see what they do um you know and and what they do in the playoffs and how far they can go um which at most is probably the second round um but um yeah big shout out to them and colts hate to see it i mean when we talk about not utilizing your soldiers as um hollywood brown would say that's the definition of a fourth and one Jonathan Taylor is not in the game. The guy you're paying your franchise tagging this year that you got to pony up and figure out what's next in the offseason. And that was like that was like poetic, right? It was just kind of like all the stuff that happened in the offseason about you guys not valuing him. And then you literally leave him out on the biggest play of the game. And he was hot. He was running all game. Like he was killing all game. Almost 200 yards rushing. And you leave him out on the biggest. A fourth and one. You're trying to tell me. That you didn't trust Jonathan Taylor on fourth and one. You couldn't get one yard. Yeah, one I, I yard. was like, that's just yeah, yeah, that was egregious, egregious. Hey. Um, Jaguars lose to the Titans. Titans win twenty-eight to twenty. 
Um, Jags, man, I, I don't want to hear any more about the Jags. Like from here on out, like it's they're 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 frauds. Like it's they play well the first what September through October, maybe early November, and then they just fall. They lost like the last five or six games, something like that. Like they had the AFC South locked up. Like once CJ Stroud got hurt, everybody assumed, oh, it's Jags gonna walk away with this division. Walk away with it. And look, I think it's time to have a conversation about Trevor Lawrence. For real. Like it's he had all his guys, right? He had he had all his guys out there. He had Etienne, he had Calvin Ridley, he had Zay Jones, like he but I, I told people this, like he was the Clemson. He had that great year. He won it with freshman year, beats Alabama in this national championship game. Everybody said he was the greatest quarterback prospect since Dan Marino and John Elway and all this stuff. And I'm like, since he's been in the league, he's been he's been okay. I'm not saying he's not bad. He's just not as good as y'all said he was. I think he needs a little bit more around him. Not to really I think it's it's really it's really about maybe you need to focus on him being a part a piece of the team instead of being the focus. Like they need to focus on something else uh besides letting Tre- Trevor Lawrence just throw the football around because um, there's no reason they should have lost that kind of tight that Titans team, especially considering they just fired Mike Vrabel. He wins the game, right? And I feel like now I feel like they fired Mike Vrabel because he won that football game. I think they were hoping for a better, better draft. I'm like, damn it, man, you messed us up. Like, <laughs> and so you cost like a good spot in the in the in the, uh, in the pecking order for the draft, and he messed him up. But you know, Mike Vrabel wants to win each game. He wants he had a chance to knock a division rival out of the playoffs. So I'm like, I can't knock him for that. I can't knock for that. Um, but it just makes it even worse, though. You got like you had all you had all your guys. You couldn't complain about it this year, you know, not having you know Calvin Ridley being you know being suspended and all this other stuff and guys getting hurt. You know, Etienne I think got hurt and was like you couldn't complain this time. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's time for Trevor Lawrence to. I'm not saying he, we got to stop putting him on this pedestal. I think he's got to prove it now. Yeah. Um, they lost five in a row down the stretch five in a row um i think what we're seeing in trevor's trevor lawrence he can fill the stat sheet up with yards but he doesn't make winning plays mm-hmm. i mean say what you want about stats about lamar um trevor lawrence if you're throwing for four thousand yards and only 21 touchdowns there's a disconnect um they throw the ball a lot but only 21 touchdown passes. Um, he's just not efficient. So many games I'm looking at, I'm looking at about seven games, I'm looking at his stats, seven games under 60% completion percentage. Not efficient. That's not winning football. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy that plays winning football, but he'll fill up the stat sheet. He'll, he'll get you yards, empty yards, but um, he doesn't make winning plays. And I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know what it's going to take. Um, because I would say put revolve the offense around Etienne, but that's difficult when he's averaging 3.8 yards a carry. It's not something that's going to do it in the NFL. Um, but they really have to they really have to look at you know that offense um, and really see what they can do. They got to get better. There's no excuse for losing five in a row down a stretch, and you have to put that solely on the quarterback. Just have to. Um, but shout out to the Titans, man, ruining their season. I always love when. A team that didn't perform well just ruined somebody else's season. 
Um, you know, it's bittersweet because Derrick Henry, you know, he did yeah. the whole walk off like it was his last game, and it, it probably is. It was it was it was bittersweet. So um, glad to see the Jags um, not make the playoff. Um, sad to see Derrick Henry leaving the Titans. Um, yeah. Curious as to where he'll end up next year. So. Yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, not a lot of teams like to run the ball like like the Ravens do. Maybe the Browns. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, but I mean, they already kind of have their running backs. Um, the Ravens would be a likely fit, but at the same time, we, like, we already have Gus. And I'm like, I don't know if I would like to move on from, from Gus for what he does for us. I'm like, because I feel like the way the Titans ran Henry, it kind of felt like that he, Derrick Henry may be coming on that. He's not at that peak anymore. He's on the more of a, the downside yeah. of his career. And I'm like, I don't Ravens need to, you know, Unless, unless something happens with Gus, and I say he, I think he's on. He'll be a free agent technically. I think at the end of the year. Yeah. So um, I said a couple weeks ago, maybe time to have a conversation about Gus. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's. We thought he's he was going to stat wise. He's a good power back as far as you want to get four or five yards, but he's not that explosive, that, that outside runner that you need, that the Ravens need. He's not that outside runner guy that they need. So. Yeah. Um, if they decide to move on from Gus, he wants money, then I think that's we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, Falcons beat the Falcons lose to the Saints 48 to 17. Obviously, the controversy comes at the end. This game means nothing. I mean, well, I think the Saints, if the Saints, the Saints needed help to, to get in the playoffs anyway. But the last play of the game, victory formation, and Jameis Winston apparently calls a run play for Jamal Williams to get, I think it was a cent for it to cash in on his incentives. Um, to get a touchdown for him, he goes into you know the post game saying, you know, it was a team decision. You know, the team decision to go for that, and you know, Jameis is always good. He's he's good, man. It's that man needs his own podcast for real. Yeah. Like for when he needs a show, that man is just comedy. Like <laughs> I don't know if he does it intentionally, but that man is comedic gold. But you see, um, Arthur Smith come up to Dennis Allen and say some expletives, you know, to him, and Dennis Allen is trying to console, like, look, man, I did I called victory formation that was. And Arthur was like, bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> and I'm like, Arthur Smith, I'm like, dog, you're already, you're down 48 to 17. Come on. Come on. Now, some people said, look, I will say if they had lined up like a regular formation and played defense, and like, I think that playing victory formation when you're up 48 to 17 and then running on the play was kind of like, come on. That's how guys get hurt because the defense wasn't ready for that play. Defense was like, oh, oh he ran in the end zone. Okay. Like, that was kind of that was like I didn't like that part, but at the same time, I feel like you can't get mad, Arthur Smith, when you're losing forty-eight to seventeen. Please take it easy on us. No, we don't. We don't play mercy football out here. You get paid like I do. Plain and simple, you get paid like I do. You're deep. Everybody here gets getting making money, right? Everybody out here is getting paid to do a job, right? Maybe you should, you know, coach. You tell your defensive coordinator to play a little bit, to coach a little bit better. Tell you guys on defense, maybe they need to tackle a little bit better. I'm not gonna feel sorry for you because we put up 48 on you. We're done with that. So I'm like, it was just a funny situation. I thought it was just, especially going to Arthur. And the funny thing was, Arthur Smith got fired. Was it before Next midnight? <laughs> yeah, he got fired before midnight of that game. Like before, I think before the the the, the Dolphins Bills game was over, Arthur Smith got fired. He didn't yeah. wait till Monday. They didn't wait till Monday to fire him. <laughs> I mean, 
he committed crimes against humanity with his misuse of Bijan Robinson and uh, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, like, how did Kyle Pitts go from Pro Bowl potential to basically your number two tight end? Mm -hmm. Doesn't make sense. But anyway, he's gone. He's irrelevant. Um, But at least with the Saints, look, I'm going to answer Corey's question because that's where I wanted to start. Shannon Sharp got to shut up, man. He does. I mean, that was the dumbest take, saying that he cut Jameis Winston for that. Because I'm going to break it down for everyone. Um, End of the season, last game of the season, there's only two things that are happening. One, you're playing for playoff seeding or to make the playoffs. Two, you're playing for guys' incentives. You know, and... You know, with the Saints here, they're playing for incentives and, you know, looking out for their guys. Now, the other side of this, it seems that the players do not respect Dennis Allen or did not respect Dennis Allen. Um, So I think what you saw was in that victory formation, that was to avoid Dennis Allen calling a timeout if they came out in a regular formation. Okay. You know, essentially nixing what they were trying to do because it looks like they decided to get their guy a touchdown so i think running that play out of the victory formation allowed them to get their guy the ball without coach interference that's what i think we saw i don't i don't think it was bush league i don't think they were trying to do anything to hurt the falcons they're looking out for their guy jamal williams he didn't have a touchdown all year and i'm sure had incentives around touchdowns um i think you only needed one yeah you only needed one Oh, yeah, so. 17 games. They couldn't get one? Yeah. Yeah. So, Shannon, it's really buffoonery for you to say such an outrageous thing um, as to cut Jameis Winston. And all the criticism Jameis is getting is just outlandish. Um, so, to be honest with you, we saw the lack of respect the players have for Dennis Allen because after the game, when Jameis was getting all this criticism, and Dennis Allen essentially threw him under the bus in this press conference mm-hmm. by saying, you know, I didn't call that. That's not what we are, or what we stand for. All the players came to his defense on social media. Defensive players, offensive players. Alvin Kamara, they, yeah. Yeah, they love mm-hmm. Jameis Winston as mm-hmm. a teammate. And they're seeing his praises as a teammate. So, I mean, I, I don't have any criticism for Jameis. You know, he's looking out for his guy. I mean, outside of you know the college stuff, he's shown to have good character. Um, so I don't, I don't find anything wrong with what he did, and it's kind of like disturbing to me that you know the coaches don't understand it, that the coach didn't try to get his own guy a touchdown there. But you know, it is what it is. Different errors, different mindsets. It happens, but you know there shouldn't have been nobody upset with that. I think, I mean, it takes the focus off of what happened with the Saints all year, right? Y'all yeah. spent all this money on car, but everybody's talking about Jameis Winston. For what? A game yeah. that didn't, at the point, like, the, but I think by when the Titans won, I think the Saints were out of it or something like that. Or when the Texans won. When the Texans won, the Saints were not, were not the Texans. I'm thinking about the Buccaneers, my bad. When the Buccaneers had won 9-0, Saints were done. Yeah. Um, like, why are y'all not talking about Derek Carr? The starting quarterback how trash he was this year yeah. like y'all so focused on Jameis Winston and all this stuff that's happening I'm like 
y'all forget y'all play all that money in Derek Carr thinking he was going to be the savior for the Saints and he's been at like he's been his whole career he's been average yeah sorry wasn't imagine you know wasn't genie in the bottle situation for them like it was he is average. Who we thought he was. And they all yes. focused on Jameis Winston and stuff. And yeah, that's it. My thing is too for it's 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 sad when you see guys that were play, played football, right? And they come on these shows and all of a sudden become very corporate, right? They become very NFL oriented and stuff. Ah, oh, well, our, our head coach oriented. I wouldn't have oh, well, he would be cutting. Like, you know, if you were a player out there and that guy was like, you, you had a guy on the team, like, oh hey, look, he only needs like he needs like 10 yards to get, you know, a $50,000 um, accelerator for his contract, you know, for that moment. Let's get him that, get him that 10 yards. Let's get him that 10 yards. That's what those guys, like, these guys, like, they're trying to feed their families. They're trying to do things and stuff like that. Like, if Shannon Sharp was playing, he would have done the same thing. Yeah. But I don't want to hear all that. Because we saw how clown he was when he got his, when he got that, he got, he got the half a sack. All he needed was a half a sack. And they reported, they showed up on the Titan Tron. He was jumping around. When um uh, Chris Chris Jones was, Chris Jones got his set, yeah. and you saw the teammates teammates like jumping and stuff, they're all excited for each other getting this extra money. Yeah, they're all because like they're out here getting paid. Get paid. And then the, I mean, it's a game, it's a kids game, but we get paid to do this and to yeah. get that at the end of the season and stuff. It's something for them to play for and stuff. They're excited for their guys, especially guys that they they like, right? So like you said, when you see guys on Instagram and Twitter and whatever, like no, yeah, look, Jameis. You know, may not be the best quarterback in the league. He's, a, I think, he's a decent backup and stuff for in a, in a pinch when you need him. But I'm not saying they're gonna the Dennis Allen and media to make him out like he's this like bush league, like he's this like uh, just like he doesn't care about the rule of the game and all that. I, I don't even think the Falcons players cared about that play. Beyond yeah. I'm like, oh whatever. Okay. They were like, they probably told, hey man, yeah, Jamal was just trying to get his uh, touchdown for his uh, his uh, bone. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's cool it's whatever like like when uh what was it when uh when brett Favre went down to give Mark michael strahan that last sack he needed to break the record yeah. he knew that he knew it he was like i'm, I'm just gonna lay down and give him this he'll, he'll sack. So he knew yeah. that <laughs> so um yeah so i'm like i just i don't um that that I, that's what espn and and, and this is what the, the 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 journalists say right for the guys that are playing the guys that I'm pretty sure Ryan Clark and all of them we do that every every no, season no big deal no big every deal. season this happens every season so mm-hmm. um that's the week 18 the uh let's see here what do we want to talk about I'm talking about the Buccaneers <laughs> um the Giants beat the Eagles 27 to 10 um aj brown goes down look um the the eagles (laughs) i don't think we've seen a bigger collapse they went from 10 and 1 to losing the next was it five five out of six five out of six Mm -hmm. i don't serve i've seen i think i've seen a bigger collapse from a team and we could blame, like, look, we've said all year that Jalen's, it seems like at least since week two, week three, Jalen's been dealing with something. I don't know what it is, but he's been dealing with something. But since that 10 and one, they just, they fallen off a cliff. Like the offense can't, they can't do anything anymore. The defense is like the worst defense in the NFL now. Like the worst defense in the NFL. It can't stop any, 
Saquon Barkley was going off against against them. You know, Darius Slayton was going off. Like, I mean, come on, like it was. I'm watching this game. Like, what is happening? They quit. They quit. They quit. Like, I think around that was at the third quarter. They pulled Jason Kelsey off the field. Mm-hmm. They pulled. Did hurt? I, don't, did, I think Hurts came off the field. Did, I think they pulled hurt. They pulled. They pulled. They pulled a major portion of their team off the field. That sir, they were down by like 17 points, and they just pulled everybody. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we're we're just. Done. I'm like, I I don't. I I I, I tried to say that losing Steichen and losing Gannon wasn't that big of a deal for Nick Sirianni. Um, it has clearly made a huge impact on this team. I think it's not even a, it's not a skill thing for this team. This team knows how to play football. We saw, they have re- re- pretty much the same guys they had last year. They're mm-hmm. not this bad. Something else is going on inside of the locker room internally. Something else is happening that's making this team not play. I don't know if the guys are just not connected with each other right now. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing. You know, they're just, you know, the Super Bowl hangover. Maybe they're still feeling that and they're just, I don't know what's going on there, but it feels, it doesn't feel like a skill thing. Like we know this team is better than what, what we, what their, what their record is, but they're not playing like it. And look, people, look, Philly has already even said in their newspaper, they, they think they should trade, either trade Nick Sirianni to somebody. They need to fire him and start over. And I'm just like, look, look, he's had a bad year. It's not easy losing both your OC and your defense and your DC in the same right. offseason and has been having to replace them. It's not easy. And it's the first time it's happened to him. He's, he's still a young head coach. At the same time, they're still they still made the playoffs. Yeah. And they still, after all this, they still won enough games to make the playoffs. So I'm like, yeah, they're not having a greatest year right now, but this is not the time to go fire Nick Sirianni. Like, do you guys really want to go down? So, like, as an owner, if I'm the owner, right, I'm like, I don't want to have to now I'm paying Nick Sirianni out his the rest of his contract and then having to pay a new guy to come in here when he could be worse. Yeah. And now I'm like, well, I could just kept Nick here for all that. Why am I paying two coaches now? I'm paying the rest of his contract out. And now I'm paying this new head coach who's even worse. That doesn't work. I'm like, I think you got to give Nick Sirianni a chance to fix this. Now, if he doesn't, if it gets worse or just as bad as it is right now, and maybe have a discussion, yeah. but I think you got to give him an opportunity to go and look for some 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 fixes here, you know, for that. So I'm like, at the same time, it's Philly, it's Philly, it's Philly. Philly hates its own teams. Okay, we know how like the the, the, the city is like their team, the Phillies, the Flyers, the Eagles. Their teams could be up and stuff like that. As soon as they lose a championship game, they're like first team and they trade everybody. Like that's how the Philly fans are. So I'm like, I'm not gonna. They're over. They're very overreactionary. I'm not going to take any stock in it, but for the national media to bring up, should should Nick Sirianni be fired? Should, no, that's not, that's not, no. If we're going to fire for head coaches and let go of players because they had a bad season, then everybody would be cut. Yeah. Everybody has a bad season. Everybody coach has a bad year. It happens. You know, but I think you got to give him the opportunity. He did go to a Super Bowl. You know, Last they were year. like maybe a, they were a few plays away from winning that thing. Yeah. You know, they're a few plays away from winning that thing. So I'm like, you got to give them a chance to fix it. Look, I said week five, week six, week seven. Philly is not who we think they are. And they proved it. When they went against, when they went against some better teams, 
they showed themselves and they exposed themselves. And then they exposed themselves further when they went against some lesser teams. They're not a great team. They're not. This isn't the Philly team that went to the Super Bowl. They're down two two good coordinators. They're about to lose a coordinator. Um, this isn't a great team. Um, Jalen Hurts has not played well. You know, granted nobody's talking about his contract like Lamar's, but Jalen Hurts has not played well. That defense is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I think it's the fifth worst defense in the league right now. It's terrible. One of the worst against the pass. Um, they're just not good. They're not good. They tried to make some trades to, to bring guys in on defense in the, during the season. Um, offensively, they they haven't had a consistent identity, and they haven't been able to get the ball consistently to A.J. Brown. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's going on between him and Jalen Hurts. But there's just no identity in Philadelphia offensively. Um, it's bad. It's bad. I'm not saying it's fire the coach bad, but they have to really regroup and retool this offseason because to lose five out of six, unless the light switch just comes on in the playoffs, mm-hmm. losing five out of six down a stretch, it's not going to do it. That's a historic collapse. You know, yeah. um, like like the the stat that Corey put in there, the first team to start so well and not win two more games two the rest more games. of the year. Two. two. So that's, that's, that's enough for myself. I mean, I'm not even going to bring up how much money they lost me by not beating <laughs> the Cardinals okay. yeah, yeah, I can't and then tell the you. Giants. The amount of tickets but, that I had on the Eagles, I'm just like, I mean, I'm not saying I would have, you know, actually won $5,900, but I could have won $5,900 right. if they would have won. But, you know, you know, that's neither here nor there. But essentially, they're just not playing well, man. Right. I don't see them making it past the first round. Um, Yeah, the last game we'll talk about here is the Bills beat the Dolphins. Um, another team, Dolphins. I mean, it's the same narrative we heard last That I said this weeks ago about the Dolphins. Everybody was hyping them up and saying – Oh, this team is legit, and they got Tariq Hill, and they got two, and they got Jalen Wanda. They have good talent. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, let's see what they do in December and January. Here they, uh, yeah, they made the playoffs, <laughs> but I mean, they don't look they don't look like the Bills came in, in Miami and beat them, like on some flute flute plates. Like <laughs> HN had a pretty good game, had a pretty good game, but two is not like you said, like you said about Trevor like Trevor Lawrence and and, and Tyler Huntley. Who was not a guy? He's just not. As much as they, the Tariq Hill tweeted out earlier this season, oh yeah, two his arm strength is unreal. It's un- unbelievable. Come on, no, no. It's it's uh the Dolphins are. I don't know. They're they're a good team. They scheme up and. I feel like as the, as as the season goes on, when teams get film on what they like to do, they just pick it apart. They haven't been able to get past anybody. And I'll say this one thing for people, you know, gushing over Josh Allen and the Bills beating the Dolphins. You, I think they forgot the Ravens, you know, put up what, 50 points. 56. Yeah. You know, they, they beat the brakes off of them. But mind you, the Dolphins, the Bills needed, didn't the Bills need like a punt return to beat them? Yep. So <laughs> then them gushing over Josh Allen, they're like, didn't the, Ra- the Ravens just beat the brakes off of this team? Five touchdowns. But, you know, look, like I said either team, the Bills or the Dolphins, I'm just like, 
the Bills are on a roll. Don't get me wrong. They are. However, they don't throw Stephon Diggs the ball for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, I don't think you cannot. I don't think you cannot not do that in the playoffs. Like you're gonna need to get Diggs the ball. Like you can't get away with that in the playoffs. Um, but uh, again, we can move on to um, the wild card weekend we got coming up so uh first game we can discuss browns texans so browns go into houston at 4 30 on saturday joe flacco goes against cj stroud um browns are playing away um cj stroud is healthy i think because the texans kind of played a playoff mindset already mm-hmm. for that game and they're playing at home i think that houston's crowd is going to be loud I feel like JJ Watt's going to make an appearance or something. Like I feel like they're going to bring anything they need to to keep the, the atmosphere just just rolling. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if JJ daps up D'Amico because they I mean, they play together in Houston. Um, I, I think that they have the better quarterback for sure. Uh, and like Corey said, he's like the the Browns defense doesn't travel well in a, in a away game. So um, I think it's going to be a competitive game. I do think it's going to be competitive, um, but I think there's going to be a come a point where CJ Stroud's arm talent just comes just start showing out in this game. Um, and then I think Flacco is going to have problems against Will Anderson. I think Will Anderson, if he can get to Flacco, because we already, we already know Flacco's a statue. Flacco will not move. If if they're giving him coverage issues and he can't throw the ball right away, it's going to be a problem. So, that should be a competitive game. Yeah. Um, I think... This is going to be a nice game, um, at least early on. I think uh, the defense for Cleveland, even though it doesn't travel well, I think they're going to show up. I think they're definitely going to show up. I think uh, Miles Garrett is going to perform well. Um, I think, uh, you know, overall that defense, I forgot my guy's name, Jeremiah, uh, his hyphenated name, linebacker. But uh, I think he, he can play well. Um, they have a lot of talent on that defense. Um, and I think this being CJ Stroud's first playoff game, I think there's going to be some early on jitters. So I think Cleveland dominates this game early. But I think it starts to shift towards the end of the game. I think Joe Flacco throws a couple picks. Um, and then I think CJ, he turns it up towards the second half of the game, uh, makes some big plays to Nico again. Um, and I think the Texans, Texans take this game. Because I believe the Texans played the Browns. They played the AFC North. Mm-hmm. Um, was it earlier this year? Yeah. I they think lost was... 36 to 22. December. Yeah, December 2020. So December 24th. And that yeah. was without CJ Stroud. Yep. Um, but I think this will be a different game. Um, so, and then because of familiarity and not being that far away from when they played, you know, I think D'Amico, and I, I think that helps too with D'Amico being a defensive mind. That he's going to be a little bit more, you know, now that they got some film. Yeah. It's, it's a, it should be a good game. I think that's going to be one of the really good games to watch. I think really good game to watch there. Um, yeah, definitely. The uh, Dolphins play the Chiefs to end Saturday night, uh, 8 o'clock. Dolphins at Arrowhead. They already said the temperature is going to be minus 3, minus 4 degrees, something crazy like that. 
um we've already heard look we've seen the heard the stat the wild stat that two hasn't won a game under 55 degrees um cold weather at arrowhead look i know Tariq Hill may be used to it you know he played there for a number of years but i don't know what the rest of those guys are like and I, it's one thing look while the chiefs have not played well all season they've had their bumps here and there they're at home in a playoff game you already know that crowd's going to be loud. Taylor Swift's going to be there, I'm pretty sure. So all the cameras are going to be there. Um, and it's, it's the Chiefs in the playoffs. I got to give them a little bit more. Like I say, you haven't played their best football. But Tua in the playoffs and Mike McDaniel already, like we saw what happened last year and what this Chiefs team can do. And they got still got Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes is healthy. So I'm like, if they're going to figure out a way, they will figure out a way. And Andy yeah. Reid, I think, is a better, just good, good head coach scheme of stuff up so um i don't think this game's gonna be that close i think that this game is it, i think it will look closer than what it appears i think that's what's gonna look it's gonna look closer than it appears but it's not i think Kansas City dominates this entire game because their defense is a lot better than it was the last two years their defense is actually winning them a lot of games has won them a lot of games this year uh and chris jones has been playing out of his mind right now um yeah, I th- I don't think I think a few a few plays here and there from Patrick Mahomes, he plays like on third down and maybe a fourth down conversion here and there, is what the thing separates this team. I think they, yeah, I think I, I don't think I think it I think the the Chiefs dominate this entire game. Hmm. Um. I think Miami's gonna have a real tough time. Um. They're gonna have. They would. This is a game where they have to run the ball, and I don't. I don't see Mike McDaniel committing to that. Mike McDaniel wants to throw the ball all over the field. Um, you know what we've seen lately from Tua is, um, you know, when Tua's a little frazzled, those throws get a little more inaccurate. We've seen Tyreek Hill dropping the ball more these past two weeks. Um, and we've seen the lack of arm strength from Tua, especially in the Bills game. Um, the ball is just floating out there. Um, so I think in colder weather, that's going to be more evident. Um, so unless the Dolphins can commit to leaning more towards a strong run game, um, they're going to have a tough time. Now, Kansas City offensively hasn't been much to watch this year. Um, they have wide receivers dropping the ball, not being able to get open. But I trust Pat Mahomes in the playoffs. I trust Andy Reid in the playoffs. And I trust that Andy Reid will lean more on Pacheco in the playoffs. And Pat Mahomes will make enough plays to win this game. I think it's going to be close in score. um, But I think you'll see... I think you'll see the Dolphins implode in this game. I truly do. I think they're going to implode. It's going to... I think it could... It could look like the Ravens game but a score like the Bills game so that's what I think yeah and you know this is the playoffs right so they're not going to be a lot of games that get to 40 like the over under for total points are going to be around 75 and 80 points like these are the game these are like that they were talking I think today um these are the when you get in playoffs you, you say you'll be lucky to get maybe two possessions in like yeah. a half two or three possessions because they're going to be about killing the clock you know, these drives are going to take up seven, eight, nine minutes. Like, their playoff football is a little bit different. Then I think I trust Pat Mahomes and them a little bit more um, in those situations, especially just because, like you said, 
Mike McDaniel is going to want to throw the football because Tariq Hill is coming back to Kansas City and through a narrative. I don't know what that may mean, but sometimes this is where the the mindset of a head coach is worrying about winning the football game, not necessarily about the players. Players want to do something else sometimes, but you got to win the football game. Yeah, do that's what the playoffs game. are about. They're not about the yeah. players. They're about the wins. Yeah. So um, next game, uh, Steelers go to Buffalo. Um, one o'clock game on Sunday in Orchard Park. Um, it's, look, the Steelers have been squeaking by and they've been getting some wins and stuff. They got into the playoffs. Um, I feel like the Bills have finally found a run game. It took them 14, 15 weeks too late to find one. But James Cook is a pretty good running back for them right now. We saw he did it to the, to the, the, the Cowboys a few weeks ago. Um, and I have, look, Josh Allen is playing Josh Allen type football. He's running the ball. He's getting 70, 80 yards on the ground, throwing four touchdowns, throwing three picks. <laughs> you know, he's doing his thing. Um, I like the Bills in this game mainly for the fact that they're playing at home. And Mason Rudolph is playing his first playoff game. And, um, yeah, I just – yeah, it's in. It, if it was in Pittsburgh, it may have been a different story. It may be different. But the fact it's in, it's in Orchard Park – I give the Bills a little bit of an advantage. Now, I, saying that, I said the same thing last year when the Bengals came to play Buffalo in Orchard Park, and the Bengals embarrassed them yep. in Buffalo in the playoff game. So, but I will say I don't. They don't have they don't have Joe Burrow <laughs> on, on at Pittsburgh. So I think that's the difference, right? They don't have a Joe Burrow there. Um, Deontay Johnson is known to drop the ball, fumble the ball occasionally, not show up on plays. This Steelers team has been maligned with not going 100% on plays. Um, I think Najee Harris has become more of a spell back for Jalen Warren at this point. Jalen yeah. Warren is more the RB1. This defense without T, this defense without TJ Watt. Um, I think I looked at the stat. I think the, the Steelers are, if I'm not mistaken, just pull this up here. Is it TJ Watt or rest dealers record without TJ Watt? They're one in 10 without TJ. Mm. That's a wild stat. Yeah. One player on the defense, they are one in 10 without TJ. He, but we, we, he's a game record. That's what he does. Even if the other team is, seems like they're rolling or whatever, TJ Watt can make a play, strip, fumble, sack, fumble, return one for the house for a touchdown. The, the entire momentum shifts to Pittsburgh's way. Yeah. When TJ Watt gets in his zone, him not being out there, I don't. I, if he was out there, I would give the Steelers a shot. Yeah. If he was out there, I'd give the Steelers a shot. But I think that Josh Allen is going to do what he's been doing his entire career. Him and Cook are going to be dominating this game on the ground. I yeah. think him and Cook are going to combine for about 200 yards rushing on the ground. And Josh Allen may throw a couple touchdowns here and there, but I think Josh Allen running the football and Cook running the football are going to be a problem for the Steelers defense. Yeah, That's going to be the I agree. for the Brown Bills in this game. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this, if TJ Watt was playing, I feel like this would be a game that could be an upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because what's the thing you can't do in the playoffs? Turn the ball over. What is Josh Allen elite at? Turning the ball yeah. over. Um, and it's not like the Bills have this super talented team that can overcome those turnovers in the playoffs. And, you know, you can get it away in the regular season when you're playing 
the banged up Dolphins who can't get out of their own way and a Tua with the noodle arm. But, you know, I think not having TJ Watt to apply that pressure and to take over a game like he can um, really hurts the Steelers. Um, and then the big thing, they don't have a quarterback that can that can lead them. They don't. Mm-hmm. And that's key in the playoffs. Um, I think that Pittsburgh can hang around early. Um, but I, I have I have the Bills taking this. Um, I don't think we'll see anything super impressive from the Bills. I think, you know, you'll see James Cook um, have a good performance. I think he is the most valuable player on that offense right now. I know people say it's Josh Allen um, because he, he has the passing yards and he ran the ball 15 times last game. But their success is going to depend on James Cook. I mean, I think they've been their best this year when they've taken the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. Um, so I think the Bills can win this game. Uh, I think they will win this game. Um, but if TJ Watt was there, I think it could be a slightly different story. Um, next game is Sunday at 4.30, Packers versus Cowboys. Um, the last two times the Packers have played the Cowboys in the playoffs, they have beaten them. Now, granted, there that was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, this is the Jordan Love era right now. It's a very young team in Green Bay. The Cowboys are what undefeated. They have like the longest home streak right now. It's 15 or 16 games in a row, I think, winning at home. Um, look, I'll say Dak Prescott's been playing his best football. He's definitely got MVP-type numbers right now. C.D. Lamb has been going off. The defense is still good. I don't know if they're elite, but they're really good right now. Um I I want to say the Cowboys win this game easily. I want to say that. But what have we seen the last few years with these Cowboys? It's not necessarily that they play bad. They get into these situ- the situational football. That's where they mess up. The last couple times where they played and they had the beast playoff, get knocked out in the playoffs, they go, it's supposed to be like this. Uh, they're, they got a minute or so left in the play clock or in, the, in the game, and they can't get to the line of scrimmage. And you know, they don't let the referee set the ball when they're supposed to, and then the clock runs out. Like, this situational stuff that they seem to just struggle with, right? And I feel like with this the Packer team, with Jordan Love and them, right, they're going to be very conservative in the simple fact that they're not going to want to turn the ball over because they don't want to give the ball to Dak and let CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard do their thing. However, I feel like if the Packers defense can make Dak get some turn, get take get some takeaways from Dak, that will that will turn everything on its head. If this Packers defense can make Dak make mistakes, this it could be a problem. It mm-hmm. could be a problem for Dak because we we see what happens with Dak when he starts turning the ball over. He starts spiraling. When he starts turning the ball over, he spirals. And what he's done a good job of this year is not turning the ball over. And again, I said on a combination of turning the ball over and the Cowboys making mistakes in situational football. I want to say the Cowboys win this one easily. I want to say that. But it's Dallas. It's it's the Cowboys, and they find a way to mess this kind of stuff up. They just do. When the the lights are on them and it's time to actually pedal to the metal and all that, they, they just find a way. I will say right now that if the Cowboys do what they're supposed to, they win this game. They win this game. The cow, the, the 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 Packers are on a roll right now. They they they're feeling good about themselves. But I think that 
Dak and see the Dak and CeeDee Lamb connection is really potent right now. And I just feel like if they get if they get ahead of them like fast, if they get up by like 17 points, I don't think the Packers have a chance to even come back in this game. But if the Packers can keep this thing close, that could be an issue. The Packers are the third hottest team in football. They've won six out of their last eight. Um, there's not many quarterbacks playing better than Jordan Love. And, you know, I apologize. I wasn't really familiar with their game until the last second half of the season. Mm-hmm. They're a good football team. Um, they had a slow start, but they're a good football team. Um, Dallas should win this game. Dallas has Dak, CeeDee Lamb, arguably is having just as good a season as Tyreek Hill. Problem with Dallas is they make bad decisions with play calling, bad coaching decisions, like not running the ball when you have a talented Mm -hmm. running back. It's been like that all year. He has people thinking Tony Pollard isn't a guy. Um, Honestly, I feel like with the Cowboys doing the playoffs, they, they always make the mistakes. Coaches lay a lay an egg. Players don't make plays. And they tend to lose games that they should win. This has the potential to be that. This could this could be Miles. This could be Dallas's hardball game. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, um I can see that. They should win. They should. I think. <laughs> It's very similar line side to what you're saying. If it's close in the second half, I think the Packers pull it off. I, I think Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love is a solid. He's a good quarterback. He's shown it this year. This team is good. They're hot right now. They're playing really good football. I think they could win it, but only if it's close. If Dallas gets up early, like you said, Dallas is going to take it. But if it gets, if it's in, the, if it's a tight game in that second half. I think Dallas fumbles that lead and the Packers win. What did we see last time? Remember Mike McCarthy, first time coming back to Green Bay since since leaving, and he mm-hmm. goes out in the field and has all this, this like, you know, you know, it's touching moment, whatever, and they lose that game to the Packers. Um, and here comes Matt LaFleur, you know, the guy who replaced Matt McCarthy. Mike McCarthy probably felt, I, I guarantee Mike McCarthy still feels some type of way about how he was let go from the from the Packers. Oh, yeah. And he wants to has a has wants to just you know stick it to to, to the to the Packers organization, yeah. and I think that could that could, like you said not running the foot not doing what you're supposed to do in situational football, and I think that's been Mike McCarthy's issue. Like I think we've all said how you know Tom Brady maybe carried Belichick for those all those years in New England, and uh, Aaron Rodgers clearly did it for Mike McCarthy, kind of carried Mike McCarthy. Like I mean it's. There's a reason Jerry Jones hires guys like Mike McCarthy and doesn't hire guys like D'Amico Ryans and hires guys like a Mike Tomlin or even a, even a Jim Harbaugh, right? Because they're going to command the respect of the locker room and the team. Mike McCarthy just kind of does what Jerry tells him to do. And Jerry gets involved. Jerry's going to want to throw the football, throw the football, throw the football, city lane, throw the football, get a pick. <laughs> then Dak starts to slow. So I'm like, that's that's what the cat like. They they think that they've that this curse has ended because they finally let Jimmy Johnson into the Ring of Honor or what do you want to call it for the, whatever the Cowboys do. They finally, after twenty some odd years, let Jimmy Johnson in to the ring or whatever that may be. They they feel like the curse has ended. We'll see. Now again, 
This is a game they should win. I expect, because of how the NFC is shaking out, that they should get to the NFC Championship game where they'll meet the 49ers. <laughs> if they get to that point, that's where I think the, the, the where the, uh, you know, uh, where they have to actually prove themselves. Uh, at this point, they should win this one. They should. Um, the game I'm really excited about, but this, especially because of the story around it, Rams-Lions, Sunday at 8 o'clock. Matthew okay. Stafford goes back to Detroit for the first time since leaving Detroit. Playing with the Rams. Playing with the Rams. Jared Goff plays against his old team that he played with in the Super Bowl. Like the whole is the whole is it's and it's in Detroit, a playoff game in Detroit, which we haven't seen since what Barry Sanders. Yeah, I think we haven't seen that since Barry the Barry Sanders years. So a playoff game in Detroit, the atmosphere is going to be phenomenal. However, I just think that Rams offense is too much for Detroit. Matthew Stafford is still playing at a high level. I think a lot of us had written him off when we heard about his elbow situation in the offseason and that he wasn't going to come back strong. And then here comes Puka Nakua out of nowhere. And Cooper Cup is now healthy also. And now they also found a run game, too, on top of that. <laughs> um, and they still got Aaron Donald on that side of the football, on the defense side of the football. Mm-hmm. Like Aaron Donald in the playoffs, too. Like, they have too much. And I think Matthew Stafford's going to feel it. a little emotional, too, coming back to Detroit. I wouldn't be surprised if Detroit gives him a little – you know, thank you. Because I mean, it wasn't like when they when they left when he left Detroit, it was like bad blood or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, he gave him the best years that he had. He gave him the best years. It was they didn't build anything around him. You know, when he was there in Detroit. Um, but I think Matthew Matt, Matt Stafford looks like another shot, possibly, um, with the way this Rams team is playing right now, at getting back to the NFC Championship game. Why? Why not? Right? Why wouldn't they? You know, everybody was like, you know, they they, they were going to have a down year. And here they are in the playoffs playing some of their best football. And Matt Stafford is playing, playing phenomenally. You got Puka Nakua. We saw them here in Baltimore, man. Like, Puka Nakua is, like, he's he's good. It'd be fun. It's going to be great to see him in playing the playoffs. And I feel like with Dan Campbell and that Lions team, and, you know, they got Jameson Williams. You know, they got Jameer Gibbs running now. I just think that Dan Campbell's inexperience in the playoffs is going to come to bite him a little. This is what come to bite him. Because playoff coaching is a lot different than regular season coaching. And, you know, Sean McVay's won a Super Bowl already. He knows what it takes to, to get to that point. And we saw what happened, what was that, two weeks ago, where, you know, yeah, it was a bad call by the referees and they should have been more clear about who was eligible. But then after you get the penalty to go for it again and lose the football game, yeah. you know, it was just like, you know, just a I felt like an ego thing by, by Dan Campbell. And I felt, I feel like, you know, sometimes in these situations where Dan Campbell probably has going to have a lot of pressure from the Detroit press, NFL media to win this game. And was, again, with Matt Stafford coming into town, like there's a lot of emotions in this game, especially for the fans and the organizations both. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like that the Rams just, I feel like it's going to be a good game. I feel yeah. like it's going to be a good game. And it may come down to the last drive. I feel like it may come down to the last drive, depending on who has the football. Um, but I think the Rams, I do think the Rams eat this one out um, in return for Matt Stafford, just because I just think, again, I think quarterback to quarterback, Matt Stafford just has more and they use, they use their, they use their guys. The one thing I think we've said about the Lions is that they, they, 
find ways to not utilize their guys in crucial moments. But the Rams and Sean McVay and Matt Stafford are make sure Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua are getting that football. So I'm going with the Rams in this one in the tight game. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Rams pull this out. Um, every reason you have. I mean, I I lean more to the Kyron Will Williams factor. Mm-hmm. I think Kyron Williams is a star. I think I've been saying it all again. He is a guy. Mm-hmm. Kyron Williams is a guy. Um, you know, I really, I really love the way they use him. I think they'll use him more. I mean, the guy rushed for almost 1,200 yards. He only played 12 games. That's crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think come playoff, playoff football, I mean, that's the guy who put the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Stafford has been playing great, too. I mean, like you said, um, Puka Nakua, I mean, 105 yards, 1,500. I mean, 105 catches, 100, uh, 1,500 yards receiving. I mean, that's that's amazing. And you still got Cooper Cup over there. They have weapons. They can put a lot of pressure on that Lions defense. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, Aaron Glenn is the most overrated defensive coordinator in the league. The guy doesn't make adjustments. Um, Their defense is not good, as some people may think. Aaron Glenn is not as good a coordinator as some people think. Um, I think we'll see that. I think think the Lions play well, but I think the Rams win by 10 points. Simply put, I don't have much to say. Kyron Williams, <laughs> Matthew Stafford, Puka Nakua, they win this game. All right. And the last game, uh, Monday night, uh, Eagles against Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield's come back to the it's coming back to the playoffs, I think, for his second start when it was first one was with the Browns. Uh, so he's come back and playing the much maligned Philadelphia Eagles. Playing in Tampa Bay, Monday night game. I wanna say the Eagles get it right. Right. I want to say that. I want to say that. I want to say the Eagles get it right. However, they've lost to quarterbacks they shouldn't be losing to. They've lost to teams they shouldn't be losing to. And yes, the Buccaneers only won their game nine to zero last week. Yes, they only won nine to zero. But Mike Evans is still out there. And with a secondary that's ranked dead last in the league against probably one of the most, one of the more consistent wide receivers of the last 10 years. And he's in the playoffs. Like we saw Mike Evans did with Tom Brady. Like Mike Evans, no matter who's, Mike Evans has proven no matter who's throwing him the football, he's going to get his yards. Yeah. And with the secondary this bad, like I think Mike Evans is going to have, is going to go off on this game. Like they're gonna put the ball in Baker's hand, let him throw the football. And I just, I just think the problem again. I think not. It's not a skill thing for the Eagles. It's, it's something else going on in the mentally, something going on internally in the team. And I don't think that's gonna get corrected in one game. I think it's gonna take an all season to figure out what's going on. Um, Jalen, you can tell by his body language, he's not feeling it right now. AJ going down was not good for them. Devontae had already been I think, pulled from the game. Uh, the last couple of weeks they haven't been just they haven't been playing well on either side of the ball. They haven't been giving they haven't been giving Swift the ball. Like they 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 don't run the football when they should. You know, it's like you I think you said this before, the tush push is all gonna carry him, but so far. Yeah. There's only so they're not gonna be you're you're not gonna go to a Super Bowl off of this play. And it literally took until 11 weeks once 11 with 12 weeks came around it was like yep that's not working no more it's not working anymore it's just yeah it's 
a lot going on. And you saw the coaches are arguing on the sideline with each other. Even when they were winning a game, I think they won a, won that game. You saw Nick Sirianni going off on the, the OC or the D's. Like they're 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 yelling at each other like they lost a football game. And it's just yeah. it, it it just I just feel like when you got that kind of stuff going on, it just doesn't it doesn't it just doesn't feel right. And, I, I'm gonna take I'll take the Buccaneers in this game in a shocker. Like I I, I know it's, they're at home and people would favor them and stuff like that, but I feel still feel like it's still the Eagles and they were in a Super Bowl last year, so you got to kind of give them the you got to kind of give them you know the respect. But at the same time, I just think that the Buccaneers don't have these issues. I think that the, the Eagles don't trust each other on either side of the ball, and I think whatever they got going on is not gonna get fixed in one game. So I think the Buccaneers. I don't think it's a blowout, but I think the Buccaneers. Miles, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you have the same pick as me again? Um, this is, um, I used it earlier. This is an implosion waiting to happen. It's been happening. They lost five out of their six games. Mm-hmm. The switch just doesn't turn on like that. Not in football. I don't think it does in professional sports, unless you're the Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors. The switch just does not turn on like that. Um, I think Baker Mayfield has had a great season. Um, Nobody's talking about it. I think Tampa Bay is an average team, but they they do one thing well. They throw the ball well. I think they can put a lot of pressure on this secondary. I mean, you got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, you got Scotty Miller. Um, they got some other guys. I'm just just missing them and uh, forgetting their names right now. But they can do some damage. And they got Rashad White. Rashad White is a solid back. Yeah. Um, I think they can definitely put some points up on this Philly defense. Um, and I just don't know where this offense for Philly, what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. Like I said, they don't have an identity. They don't get A.J. Brown the ball. I just don't. I have too many question marks about Philly at this point of the season where I'm just unfamiliar of what they'll do on a week-to-week basis besides lose. I just don't know how they'll lose. I mean, one thing is the Cardinals game. The next thing is the Giants. So I just don't know what they're going to do. And, you know, yeah, they can't just push their way or brotherly shove their way to the next round. Um, so I think this will be a tight game. You know, I'm not going to overrate the Bucks, but I think it's a tight game that the Bucks will win. And I think you'll see the frustrations boil over in the second half, and you'll see the meltdown from the Eagles in the second half of this game because they're going to have a first-round exit. So yeah. that. I, I just feel like in this game, especially in the, maybe the third or fourth quarter, you're going to see some, like, sideline shots. Of yeah. like guys just sitting dejected or guys yelling at each other getting pulled apart from like it's it's at that point right there it feels like they're at that point now like you said i think even last week that aj brown and jalen hurts apparently had some issue <laughs> over a week like you know they're probably probably the best friends but apparently they're not they're not friends right now i don't know what's going on with them um but yeah, i'm looking at this but baker threw four thousand yards this year 28 touchdowns yeah crazy I know he had it in him. I know he had it in him. 4,000 yards. Crazy. Um, But I think that's the last. Yeah, that's the last of the wild card matchup. So 
Um, you know, we'll see what pans out. The Ravens have a bye week. They got to wait until, you know, I guess Sunday night to figure out who's going to be playing them. So uh, uh, I just, I'm, I'm, I can't wait now. Like it's, I'm, I'm waiting for this, this is Ravens football ready. I'm ready to go. Ready. We've seen all the promo, the promo videos from Tom Brady now and Cam Newton, and the Ravens have been putting out stuff. Like I'm just, just ready, man. Just ready to go. Ready like, to play ball team. again. Ready for this team to show what they got, man. Just, just get to Vegas. Yeah. Get to Vegas. So um, that's it from us. Um, obviously, there'll be no post game or whatever halftime. I'll be chilling this week. You know, chilling. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be the, I'll say this will be the last stress free week we have until the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be stressed out after this weekend. We're going to be stressed out. So we need to relax as much as we can. Get ready for next week. So, definitely. Um, Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.